0: hello and welcome to on the button the video marketing podcast today we'll be talking to james hobbs he's marketing director at the rail safety and standards board we'll be finding out all about who they are what they do and how they use video and certainly if you're in the engineering sector then this is the episode of the podcast for you. Amongst other things we'll be talking to him about how you capture engaging interesting video content while your crew are operating in safety critical environments you know and you need to ensure that the safety of your cast and crew remains paramount. Thank you so much, James, for joining me today on the podcast. Really glad that you could spare the time for a chat. Um, it'd be great if we could just start with an introduction. Please tell me who you are and what you do.
1: Yes. Well, thank you very much, Simon. So James Hobbs, Director of Marketing at uh, RSSB. I've, uh, I've been in the organization, I suppose, just coming up for, for three years.
0: So obviously, this po- this is a podcast about video. So it would be fantastic just to hear a, a little bit about how you you've used video, kind of leading up to this point. We'll talk a little bit more about how you're using video at RSSB, um, but you know, what were your experiences with video, and what do you what do you think of it? And you can be honest.
1: I'll be honest. Well, I guess um, in my career, I actually started in uh, working for advertising agencies and uh, planning and, and marketing. More on the B two C side uh, in 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 telecoms and organisations like uh, like Orange. So in fact, in in terms of role outputs, there was very uh, very little uh, video because it was all all broadcast, made a, a lot of commercials and things, but not not a lot of um, sort of longer form video. But I suppose in the last ten years or so, in my B two B career at the the Design Council and uh, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers, and now at the RSSB, there's been a a, a steady increase. And I really think it's probably taken off dramatically as a a useful marketing tool probably in the last three or four years or so. Uh, And I I think the thing I've observed is that, uh, I suppose in terms of trends, that it's all uh, the high quality video is becoming more affordable uh, and there are, are more opportunities for getting the content in front of the right people. So I think as everything becomes more Digitally enabled, there's a there's a there's a greater role for for video, and we seem to be using it more and more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I ran a webinar recently on value. You talked there about it becoming kind of high quality video becoming more affordable. Certainly, the technology is allowing us to produce content that looks nicer. Um, but I guess it's it's not just about that. It's about everything else around it. And I, I I think we'll probably touch on that when we talk about how you're using video at RSSB because how how a video looks isn't the most important thing would you would you agree with that
1: well it's i suppose like every every channel it's got to be about the the customer insight and the message uh you know that we're trying to get across and i suppose when i look at the the work uh, that we do at rssb um you know we've obviously been using video for a long time through the uh rail safety red video series which is been being produced by yourself, Simon so that's how we how we know you at uh, a big button but i mean i think these are a very well uh, sort of long established and well received videos that we've been using to get safety messages onto the onto the operational railway and that that's a big part of of what we do but um, in in terms of other uses at the organization we are using video for uh, corporate communication so you know supporting the the brand or promoting our initiatives uh, and as you say I suppose in terms of value um, you know we have our members across the rail industry and they do need to be aware of what we do and uh, you know perceive the value that we offer and video is very useful at, at, at getting that across.
0: Yeah I guess with you know one of the things that I've learned since I've been working with RSSB really is that you know I'm being very lucky in that well, I go out on the railway. I've been lucky enough to be on location a few times. And uh, and when I'm out there, I talk to the frontline rail staff that the videos that you're making are kind of targeting. Um, and it's a great way of getting that insight into what it is that does work for them. And this is something that surprises our clients sometimes when they actually talk to the audience sometimes the responses they get aren't necessarily what they were expecting um and i know you've done some research recently uh, around effectiveness and how the audience are responding to the content can you tell us anything about that or you know why did you feel that was important to, to get that insight
1: yeah well i think the um uh when when it comes to, i suppose safety briefings for uh, the, the the people that are on the on the tracks actually running uh running the railways in the uk mm-hmm that so the safety briefings are very important and um and i think it's also i think this is where uh video is a really it brings a big sort of strength to the whole thing is that uh is the, the content has to be technically accurate so there's no there's no credibility to be had by not understanding how the real railway operates and being able to get that uh correctly communicated really adds power to the uh, i suppose the observations or the ip or the the safety practices that we want to uh, that we want to get across. Uh, I know a lot of effort goes into to getting that right, both with our experts here at RSSB, but also the the experience that you've had um, working on the railway. But then I also think away, and this is sort of borne out in the research as well that we've done recently with Red, which is that away from the technical side at one level rail safety is quite um i suppose it's quite a dry subject but if uh if if things go wrong the results can be catastrophic in terms of the impact on on human lives and i think videos work very well to bring the uh, the human impact out uh in terms of rail safety uh, and i think the audience responds to the fact that the production values are high and that it's that their world is all being taken so seriously and i think that's what drives the the engagement uh, which I don't think you'll get just from a, you know, a safety leaflet or, a, you know, a poster. I think we can we can have deeper engagement with video.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that you've touched on some really interesting things there Um, around, you know, that insight that that audiences give you around entertaining and emotive content being more powerful. We break those programs up and we always have into different parts, haven't we, where we've got a dramatic reconstruction and then we have news items, but... Those dramas have always had a kind of str- that, that's what people talk to me about when I go out there. But the idea, I guess, is that we're getting attention, we're getting people to watch with that more dramatic side. And then once we've got them, we can kind of deliver other key messages, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, which is really great. But, you know, it does feel sometimes, and I don't think Red is an example of this. I think we're lucky in that you've got that great balance. But imagine, you know, not having those dramatic sequences and it just being those news items. Maybe people wouldn't watch then. And this I guess this comes down to that point where we always have that battle with clients where there's a list of key messages they want to commun- communicate to an audience but do the audience want to hear that, those messages or not that's the question how can we yes. ensure the argument yeah.
1: well I think we're all um, regardless of the, the channel we you know one of the the, the big uh, one of the big questions is always what's the customer insight what's the thing that they well, you know what's the problem that they have that we can uh, that we can help with? Uh, um I think that's you know some of the good some of the other good reactions that we've had with red is that they you know they work for the the audience in the railway, but we're also meeting a need for our members in terms of equipping them with the materials that they need to to brief their colleagues on a you know on a regular basis uh, and I mean I suppose in terms of the editorial process working with our safety teams, quite often the topics are you know are driven by by recent events. But a lot of the safety challenges are, you know, I suppose remain live for quite a few years. So I think one of the other nice things about Red is that past past editions are taken down from the, the shelves, as it were, and, and revisited if there's a particular problem that a bit of the railway uh is currently facing. So you know, we may not have done signal, signals past a danger for uh, maybe a year or so but that may still be useful content for, for the audiences to draw on
0: I guess this is you know when you we talked about value and these are all things you consider when uh, one of the questions I get asked a lot and hopefully it'll be useful for the people listening to this is how much do I spend what's what's my budget and it comes down to the objectives and how much it's worth to complete those objectives but you know things like how how long can i use this content for is this going to be live for a week and the event will pass and no one's going to watch it after that or can it will it still be watched in two or three years time certainly like like red is as you say if it's evergreen content yeah absolutely
1: well i suppose you know we're i suppose like lots of people we're moving to the You know the hero hub hygiene model, uh, for video content and the ROI on the red videos is very good because the you know the lifespan, uh, you know is probably at least five years for each one. But similarly, uh, with some of the more technical IP that we create, there you know there may be only fifty people in the UK that need to really understand a a particular piece of work that RSSB has done, Uh, and if we can. You know, in the hygiene model of video production, use, you know, perhaps slightly uh, video with a slightly cheaper production budget, but explain something that's quite complicated to a a more niche audience. I think that's good value, too. So I think that's the other nice thing about video, which is that there's quite a lot of flex in the budgets, depending on the need. Uh, while still maintaining you know a level of quality that supports the brand
0: absolutely so i mean obviously you've talked there about the hero hub hygiene and some of our clients will work with different agencies for projects based around whether they are hero or hygiene types of content can you give me any insight into how you choose an agency you know how do you decide which video agency to work with because again i get asked these questions all the time how how does a Client maybe that's not worked with video before or isn't happy with their agency. There are so many out there now. There's thousands of video agencies out there. Um, How would you suggest? What's the best place to get started when it comes to choosing the right agency to work with?
1: Mm. Uh, Well, I think the uh, the the place to start really is what what is the most pressing need. So I suppose within the requirements we have at RSSB, the red safety videos were by far the biggest spend in terms of video, and because of the need to work on the, the live railway and to have that that technical understanding, capability uh, in, in that area was extremely important, and I guess as, as we both know, Simon, having been through the, uh, the official sort of government procurement process that we, we have to follow, big scores for that, um, your expertise in that area, you know, really, really helps. But uh, I suppose more generally, perhaps not having to provide video in a very technical uh, area, I, I think it's probably the expertise in the in the media itself and really understanding how how video video works. And I guess like lots of marketing suppliers, I think you're just looking for that uh, looking for that empathy with the with the calls and the um, and the mission. But I think the other thing that particularly if there's a lot of video being produced through a pure video um, provider I think also it's the ability to work with other agencies in the mix Mm. so you know there may be a very big brand campaign that comes from a maybe a core creative agency uh, but being able to interpret that through the the brand in terms of look and feel and message integration is very is very important as well so i think that's another thing to take into uh take into account
0: great yeah i think that that's been a kind of trend over the last few years and that what i've seen is that the sort of larger clients have been moving away from picking one big integrated agency and instead working with a series of boutique agencies that have specialist experience in in different areas whether that's you know video or social media or whatever and so that ability to work in those teams is really important and even more so now in that in the last 18 months you know our work has become increasingly global and we're working with agencies all over the world and we're having to kind of interpret these things so i i completely agree and and it's really useful insight i think for our audience there is those those kind of hints and tips Around who, who you work with, it, you know, even before you get to that procurement process, some people don't even have that opportunity. They have to start searching the internet for agencies and trying to find find one that they think is going to do a good job, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite tricky. I would imagine if you've not got any experience doing it before. So, thank you for that insight. You're just moving back to the the work we do on the railway, you've kind of said it a, a few times already. I mean, it it can be a very dangerous place. You know, we would never say it's a dangerous place because if you do everything you should do then then it's not it's when things go wrong um where that it can become dangerous and so i guess for you it's you must feel nervous bringing suppliers in and trusting them out there on the railway it's a, a quite unique position that you're in that most of our clients won't be you know we don't have asset managers that we work with that we're kind of going out onto into potentially dangerous areas to to work what what kind of what are your thoughts around that when your responsibilities for making sure people stay safe how do you yeah for those are for our clients in that sector in engineering what are your hints and tips to make sure that, that things don't go wrong with with newbies in in these zones yes well
1: it's um it's it's not something i'd ever um i'd ever done before and i think uh I think I've probably been in the organisation about a month when we were uh, going through the tender process again. So it right. was a bit of a baptism of a bit of a baptism of fire. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, ultimately, um, yeah. Aside from the rules and regulations, the all of the people that uh, we're working with, whether it's Network Rail or a you know a train operating company or a, uh, you know colleagues in Rail Freight, we are asking them a huge favour um, and putting them. Uh, to a bit of a bit of trouble and effort as well, because they've got to support the production. Uh, but I think because of the long track record, and I suppose being able to prove uh, that people that are on the tracks have been trained and signed off and know how to do it—you know—all those processes have all been followed. Um, I think that sort of provides reassurance and momentum as we go from one uh, you know, as we go from one production to the next. Uh, but the uh, I, I think that maybe the crucial advice for people in, in, in similar sectors, you know, I can imagine aviation would be very similar. Is you just obviously have to mm. have to follow their rules and follow their follow their processes and make sure that um, you know everybody complies with them. But working with a consistent team certainly certainly helps because time on the track is limited, and I know that you guys have to work hard to get everything done with the windows of opportunity that are provided
0: yeah and i, I guess that makes it even more difficult you're having to work quickly without compromising safety at any point um and i think if i was making recommendations to people that were choosing agencies obviously i would always recommend us first but um <laughs> if for some reason that wasn't of course, practical of course. um you know i've been do- working in kind of dangerous environments for 20 years and some people just don't don't seem to take it seriously you know and there's nothing you can say to those people that will change their minds and that is terrifying so i guess you need to understand that agency or that the people that are going to be on those in that situation their approach to risk but also what i found and the feedback we've had working with with your clients is it's not creativity at any cost you know we have to understand we have a train for two hours when those two hours are up, we can't ask for another ten minutes. It will not happen. So you have to be creative and make things work within the time frame you've got, and and stay safe throughout. So, and I'm sure we're not the only agency that are capable of doing that. Um, But what I would suggest to people that are looking is that you get some kind of evidence that that that, that they understand those things, I guess. And I and I assume that's where your framework comes in handy. That's where it's. You know, it's designed to help you shortlist those those things.
1: Yes, if I remember, it is going back a few years now. But if I if I remember correctly, there were there was a very lengthy sort of questionnaire that we had to mm. uh, that we had to go through. And I think colleagues on the safety side of the organisation had helped uh, had helped with that. And so, you know, the risk assessments before each production gets underway, for example, are things that we always know that uh, you know they they need to be done and 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 thought through. So there's lots of uh, lot lo- lots of rigour there to make sure it's all done correctly.
0: Great. And moving back to the content then. Um assuming you've chosen an agency that are capable of working safely and creating some good stuff, why do you think that video works so well when you are talking about health and safety and, you know, safety critical matters?
1: Yes, it's a good question. I mean, I suppose there's a very long there's a long history of uh video uh in uh, i suppose british rail in its broadest sense i mean the uh the safety videos that used to be made by british transport films are all all there on youtube for everyone to go and to go and see mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I think it's the industry's grown up with uh with those those reenactments uh, i i think one thing that sort of does stand out is that the, there is a lot of drama you know and i suppose real jeopardy really in the in the dramatizations and and they're put together, you know, they're put together very well. Uh, but I think once the once the drama is over, there's the opportunity for the the presenter or the you know, other contributors to that particular segment just to sort of deconstruct the scene and, and look at well, you know, what what was the what was the series of events that actually led to the uh, you know the dramatic outcome? And I think that that's the bit where the you know the learnings can really can really come across. Uh, and I, I just can't think of any other media other than video that would, uh, you know, that would do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, well, we, we can, I've sat, I've been lucky enough to sit in one of the briefings and watch people's reactions to to that content. And I, we always try and find that fine line though, because you don't want, you don't really want to shock people. And certainly in, in your industry, there are people that have been through some horrendous things and we always have to be conscious of that. But at the same time, you know, we're able to create reactions amongst people that you would never get from a from a PDF. I don't think, certainly not in a room full of sort of fifteen people. So uh, that's something I'm very proud of, and it's something that I guess in our industry, in the video industry, not everyone gets to to do. Mm. They're the more interesting, exciting projects. So we're kind of very lucky to work on that stuff.
1: As I say, no, I think it, it does it does sit very very nicely with the audience. Again, with the, the research that we did recently. you you know, I think while a lot is written about rail safety, I think perhaps a lot of people running the railway are given a lot to read. Uh, But actually, you you can absolutely get people's attention with video. Uh, And, you know, the the industry has a, a drumbeat of regular safety briefings. And I'm sure a lot of those are obviously all very important but probably quite sort of show and tell based. So having video uh, is a, you know, is a very good way of bringing, bringing these things to to life. And that is going to get people's attention because of the media that's being used.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not many, I can't remember any projects really where I've been filming. I was out filming for you guys and, a driver got out of a train to have a photo taken with the presenter because he recognised him from the films. So uh, that that's pretty cool, and it's great to see that people are not only watching it, but they, you know, they, they're engaged enough with it to recognise the people that are in the films uh, and uh, and to want to tell. Yes, people. I mean, I remember
1: you. Yes, I remember you mentioning that, and uh, which is a great uh, is a great. Well, it's not really a metric, <laughs> uh, but it's a great outcome, uh, and it it does show. Uh, you know the 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 contents getting cut through, uh, you know, particularly given you know how many people are employed delivering the railway. You know that was uh, that's a great. Outcome. And
0: what about so talking of results? Obviously, we, you know you've you've done a bit of research, and we've got some. So, well, again, it's not metrics, but we do we get some great feedback when we're out there. What about the more senior side for, of RSSB? Do they? How much do they take the the feedback? seriously um so you know the powers that be that sit up at the top ceo whoever it might be when they're looking at red are they asking about the audience's reactions to it how, how engaged is the organization well it's a
1: big uh it's a big output of our um uh our, our sort of safety the safety part of rssb i guess which is uh what we're what we are best known for um and uh certainly in terms of that team uh, engaging with the rest of the industry it's seen as an absolutely essential an essential plank of, of, of what we're here to do so I think that selling at the top is uh, you know is, is absolutely very important and uh, there is great great interest and enthusiasm for uh, for us to keep doing them on behalf of the members and the you know and the wider industry uh, and, and it's good for RSSV as well because we are uh, we we don't have a huge footprint on the operational railway, but we do work very closely with you, you know sort of senior management and directors, particularly in the safety and standards areas, who are running the railway. So it, it's it's good for us too to to reach across and you know I think Red is a you know a powerful sub brand for RSSB when we're you know when we're working across the railway. So there's no um, no no sign that we'll be stopping any anytime soon. So
0: moving on James tell me about your your plans for the future um not just around Red but just video in general what are your hopes.
1: Yeah well it's uh in fact we're just starting the annual budgeting process so hopes are very much at the front of mind at the moment but we have uh, developed a uh, uh, a proposal which is to do a lot more video in the year ahead and we've been resourcing up uh, up for that and things were saying earlier that you know the hero hub hygiene model is a very good way of parceling up different ways of using video to achieve different goals and that's certainly been well received by the organization so we want to be doing a lot more video in the future Uh, and again because of the b2b nature of what we do you know we have lots of members a lot of our content is behind the member paywall uh, and uh, hub and hygiene video in particular i think can play a much better role in explaining how IP that we're creating, you know, tools that we're developing for the wider industry can really address problems that the members have. And we do develop a lot of IP in response to member requests, but it is often quite a challenge to make sure that they are all aware of exactly what we have and and how it can help them. And particularly in technical areas, you know, it's it's not just selling a simple consumer lifestyle proposition there is a you know, there's a lot of complexity uh, and I think video in the hub and hygiene area is going to be really really helpful in, in driving awareness and engagement and use of new IP that we're creating uh, and there's quite a lot of work I think particularly for my team in working with IP creators in I suppose winkling out the I suppose the goodness the content the benefits uh, and and again maybe just coming back to the earlier discussion about uh, you know, what, how do you choose a video provider, uh, working with being able to work directly with colleagues to, to, get at the, to get at the good stuff, I think is, you know, is really important. But anyway, we're setting a, a fairly aggressive uh, plan for the use of video uh, in the year ahead. And we have, you know, particularly as digital becomes even more important, all of that's been accelerated by lockdown as well you know, I think we'll be doing a lot more and and also, you know, using social media to reach a wider audience and just give a little taster of the content that's out there should also drive in- engagement as well. So we can be, you know, we can be pushing it out to our installed audiences, but hopefully generating a bit of external engagement coming in as well, just to boost consumption overall. You mentioned there
0: the pandemic and although I, you know, people are getting tired of hearing about it it's a it's a unique time in human history and so it's always interesting to get perspectives how has um, your use of video changed during the pandemic well i think it's really
1: uh it, it's really driven it forwards as a as a useful channel i think in its own right even when i look at our events program we uh, you know have probably met our members a lot less Face to face over the last couple of years, and so there's been a lot more uh, digital engagement through, you know, Teams and Zoom and everything else, and and video plugs really nicely into that, uh, and and particularly with the engagement that comes, you know, post event, there's always content that's sent round, and if we have links that we can use to content that we have, that only, you know, deepens the impact of, of what we're doing. So I, I I expect the new normal will be far more digital than it it was before we started. And that, that can only be good for uh, for video content and the desire to consume it as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember when when it all started, you know, because obviously with Red, especially we were out on the railway filming and the railway pretty much came to a standstill, didn't it, at the start of the pandemic. Um, yes. So you guys had to pivot quite quickly, but I, I'm 100% certain even th- throughout the pandemic, certainly from the feedback that I've had when I've been out now, that the content you've made throughout the pandemic has been very useful for the audience and actually kept them attached to what what was a very different industry, I
1: guess. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the, in, in the coming years as, as you know, as people return to the railways, it will, it will get busier. Uh, and, you know, we're going to slowly transition to great British rail as well. Uh, so, you know, the rail industry never stands still, but uh, the need to focus on, um safety will always be in our core role and uh you know we look forward to, to doing more of that in the years to come
0: fantastic well um hopefully we'll get to work continue to work together for a while james i really enjoy it and uh especially i'll work on on red thank you so much for joining us today really really enjoyed having a chat and i'm sure the audience will find it very useful enjoy the rest of
1: your day thank you very much well uh, thank you for inviting me along i'll see you soon
0: thank you so much for listening to the on the button podcast it's brought to you by big button big button is a strategic video agency you can find out more about our work at bigbutton.tv i hope you can join us next time